The A to Z of UK TV drama with Andy Priestner and Martin Holmes. Hello, Andy. Hello, Martin. How are you doing? Well, I don't think any of us are doing particularly well at the moment. Um, no. We're recording this on the 19th of March uh, amid um, world lockdown, really, due to the coronavirus. So um, it's interesting times for everyone. And I do hope our new podcasting venture may, may be something of a nice distraction for everyone from what's going on in the world. <laughs> It it is kind of strangely timed. We've we've sort of st- we wanted to do a project together mm. uh, for quite some time, yeah. And we started doing it about a month ago, didn't we? And then suddenly here we are, uh, for various reasons, having lots more time on our hands than we're expecting to. And yeah. we just thought, well, maybe this was a way to go. Exactly. I mean, I should be in Northern Ireland today by right, so I was meant to be teaching in Belfast, but not happening. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can teach the world about archive television. Yeah. <laughs> it's less lucrative than my freelance Indeed. consulting. <laughs> so, we already have an episode in a can, in the can, that has gone out in part on the Round the Archives podcast. We should mention um, Troby and Lisa and how grateful we are for that platform. I think what you'll find is we've basically got ourselves a (laughs) spin-off. Gosh. (laughs) We're we're canine and company. Oh, my God. (laughs) A girl's best friend. (laughs) Well, it's it's not something that gets said often in in my life. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we should mention that we um, only know of each other because of Troby and Lisa's podcast. Indeed. And I just liked what you said on the podcast. I was like, I like what he says. I agree with things he says. Uh, well, um, and I'd also struggled, but... <laughs> struggled to do singular pieces myself. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm bored of his voice. So it was nice to think about, well, how about I collaborate with him? Maybe that would work. <laughs> Well, I must admit, the, the whole sort of, uh, I mean, I, I, do, I do have a, a, a where I, because I, I don't actually have a chum on, on a sofa, I do I do tend to uh, end up doing articles where I talk to myself, which is kind of fine, but it's not necessarily the vibe you want to always do. No, exactly. Um, and so you kind of ask yourself, well, why, why do you want to do something else? Now, and I do, I do think there's, there's, this, this, I'd like to try something that has a, a different approach, a little bit different to what I would normally do, has a different, maybe a different take on this sort of, because I do do quite a lot of an analytical stuff yeah. within the episode uh, descriptions I do, but quite often I'm just doing a synopsis and saying, oh, this happens because, and sometimes I think what what we're trying to do here is have a slightly different vibe, maybe look at something without doing a synopsis, but yeah. looking at stuff from maybe different angles. It, I mean, it's not that that we don't do that on or we haven't been doing that with the roundy archives people it's just i think sometimes that kind of actual analytical debate is something we could probably just do a little bit more as a, it would take up too much time within the, the main body of that if you see what i mean yeah and and maybe if we can just sort of sit there and go oh well now if you notice this and and yeah. because of this that i just think it's sometimes more interesting way of just disentangling why television, why television drama specifically is the way it is in the context it is when it was made. Yeah, there's a lot to draw out through discussion and debate, and we're probably not going to agree about everything um, when right. we when we watch it. But um, it's it's really good to to discuss the themes and the characters and plot development, and I think it does lend itself to collaboration like this. Well, I'm no, I'm no expert. I mean, I I don't claim to be an expert. I mean, there was the time in my life when I thought I'd quite like to just you know, be paid to talk about telly, but that never happened. But there's an awful lot of information here. There's an awful lot of information you have. I mean, you've actually sort of written books about it. Mm. And between us, you know, I think there's just enough interest on whatever level. I mean, I don't want to call it an intellectual level because that would just be... <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed. I know what's, I know what's we've recorded already. <laughs> yeah, whoa, cowboy. <laughs> on, on a kind of... A kind of... Uh, just a different level. I mean, there are all sorts of things... Um, that that 
the, the, of about con cultural context that we just not really stuff. The other thing is, of course, it's accessing the stuff we have available to ourselves. Yeah. That maybe gathering dust and you know, it's another way of actually looking at that, those programs that we may have had on shelves for quite some time and. I don't know, looking at them in a different way. And I think just because you know you're going to be talking about something for a podcast, something happens, which is really interesting. I've noticed it when I'm doing the World Enough and Time podcast with Alex, the Doctor Who one, that, um, quick promo, that, no. that, that I, do, I do watch the stories in a different way and think more deeply about themes and overall direction and all this sort of stuff. So of the ones we've watched so far, I've felt the same has happened for the, the dramas we've watched. Um, yeah. Well, I... I find myself listening to podcasts by uh, other television. I mean, do we need another TV archive podcast? Who knows? But the you know, and I sit there going, "Ah, oh, but why? Oh, why aren't you talking? Why aren't you talking about that?" Why, and, and then, so this is my opportunity. <laughs> exactly. To pitch in, so other people can scream at their um, devices. <laughs> <laughs> so, why didn't he say that? Why didn't um, mine say that? Well, I've, yeah. I've heard the recordings back, and even now, I'm going, "Oh God, I should have said." Oh, why? Uh, so yeah, we we are sort of doing them in, in a kind of semi-live uh, situation. Yeah. So uh, no comebacks, no real. You know, we may have to, we have to do an addendum episode. <laughs> yeah, possibly at the end of the first the first round, and we're already talking about <laughs> series series two because we've I, I keep looking at A's and B's that we've missed already, which is ridiculous. Yes, well. Anyway, yes, we'll we'll get we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. So but, um, in terms yeah, well, of format, um, the idea is that. If the series isn't ridiculously long, we'll probably watch the whole thing before we talk about it. But for instance, for All Creatures Great, Great and Small, we watched the last episode of the third series. Um, so that is less than, you know... It, well, sometimes there's 74 of them or something. Yeah, exactly. To, to get through, I mean, you know. And, and to be fair, most of them, at some point, we have actually, you know, worked our way through or are working our way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and again, uh, I suppose that we will add a bit of chat I mean, we're quite happy, for example, to accept feedback and go. And if someone says uh, that bit in, you know, I, I'm perfectly willing to be say yes. I'm absolutely wrong about that. I will get names wrong because, yeah. again, we're sometimes, you know, that's the kind of doddery old so and so I am. <laughs> but uh, but the, 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 I, I think sometimes you can get a sample of a series just from one episode. Yeah. And sometimes you you actually want to put that episode in a broader context without you know it people don't have to necessarily watch all of survivors say or yeah um, exactly um you know there are on ongoing plots but i mean you can pick a random episode of uh, any series and say this is kind of typical yes but but this is different to how it was the year before because different producer different director whatever yeah. different cast <laughs> uh, yeah. and that sometimes gives it a, a just but you can you can actually take that as a nugget and say, that's how it is on that date, but that is because of this. If you see what I mean, and sometimes just picking pilots and what have you. I mean, I think you said to me a couple of weeks ago about um, reviewers in newspapers tend to only look at the first episode of. Yeah, drives me mad. And and sometimes you actually need to go back back to something and go, you know, actually this has been running three years. What do you think of it now? And how is it different to what it was then? I mean, there are. I mean, there are so many TV dramas uh, across the years. Some of which are just one-offs, mini-series, one-off films. Uh, some of which, you know, God help us, are the soaps who've been running for fifty, sixty years. You know, it's uh, they are different animals showing off drama. But uh, you don't. Know, I mean, if you watched, I mean, you know, not wanting to get into the soaps because I, you know, I don't watch them. But if you watched a Coronation Street in 1985, it would be very different to a Coronation Street in 1962. Exactly, totally different beast. Yeah. So, um, just to say about some of the ones to whet your appetites. Um, <laughs> so, tomorrow's episode, we're going to release it tomorrow on Sunday. Um, we're going to be talking about the Bidebeck affair. And thereafter, we've already recorded discussions and um, episodes on Campion and Doomwatch. So you can see a pattern there, can't you? Developing there. <laughs> I hope we all know our alphabet. Yeah, exactly. We'll discover if we don't, won't we? But um, I think that's... inserts that Sesame Street song. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Campion to Doomwatch is quite a big leap, isn't it, in terms of style and everything. <laughs> I don't know the one I'm the one I'm currently watching. I'm starting to notice we seem to have a, a definite Yorkshire. 
Oh, everything. Yeah, this is the strange thing so far. Everything has a Yorkshire bent, and we can't quite work out why that's happened, but it has. Every single story, <laughs> drama has got York, Yorkshire. Uh, yeah. But uh, like I say, I don't, I don't think that's deliberate, but it just seems to have all the same actors in as well. But, <laughs> well, we're both but, northern, uh, aren't we? Are I you... suppose so, but yeah. I don't, I don't think, I mean, again, when we picked them off the shelf, they, that wasn't really the no. um, the connection. I mean, you take Campion, for example, the Brian Glover connection probably wasn't the first thing that struck me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But but there it was, you know. Yeah. And um, and again, to be frank, even even the one I'm watching at the moment, it's I hadn't really made out that it was that it started off in Yorkshire. Yes. <laughs> Until I started watching it, I'm going, hang on. <laughs> Yet again, there, we've chosen cultural, Yorkshire. Here's a cultural reference. So it's actually an A to Z of Yorkshire. And the other day, the other danger is that it's going to become an A to Z of different um, actors. We've already, we've had quite a lot of time with Peter Davison already. And well, yes. I also think we're going to have quite a lot of time with Charles Kay in the future yes. as well. So um, anyway. So, but again, the other thing is, I mean, I think uh, in terms of our brief, we're not necessarily going to come bang up to date. Uh, no. There are, so there, it's not that there's a cutoff. It's just that I think at the moment we'd, we'd prefer to talk about older stuff. Yes. But I mean, drama itself covers so many uh, genres, if you like. But good also, word. You, good you, word. You, genre. You've got, oh, well, <laughs> but you've got you've got you've got things like the classic serials. You've got historical dramas, which which are again another sort of part of the great thing. But also there's the work of some astonishing writers. Uh, you know, Bleasdale. Um, uh, Plater and yes, I mean Plater indeed. Uh, you know, but Bennett and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I'm, and for suddenly my brain has just decided to lose the guy who wrote London's Burning, <laughs> Rosenthal. Thank you. Yeah, Rosenthal. <laughs> I was just about to say Jack Rosenthal. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so you've got all the and Potter, of course. Yeah, you know, and whether or not you think they're necessarily great writers, they are the are they are the people who sort of built the building blocks of what television drama was in yeah. certainly the seventies, eighties, to a certain extent, the nineties. Yeah. And so and, we will. So we will be visiting all of those along the way. We hope to. Yes, we do hope to. But equally, you know, there are some more pop culture programs like Doomwatch that are yeah. sort of there to be analysed. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a definite desire in me, anyway, to not always say, "Oh, and of course they were in Doctor Who," because that's something that is kind of like that's what you do on your other podcast yeah well partly that but it's also just that you know i think we always refer everything back to doctor who and that's fine um but it's nice to have some time just exploring other dramas you know when we come to do when we came to do d we knew we weren't going to do doctor who obviously and it's just nice to spread our wings a bit and go a bit beyond it um there's other stuff on the telly and sometimes i think yeah, uh, people who think uh, consider themselves TV fans actually think they're Doctor Who fans, and they know all of television history by having watched Doctor, which you can do. You oh, can absolutely! Get a feel of how television was in 1965 or 1972 from watching that, but sometimes uh, looking at these things in context of something else, you know, yeah. the reason 1972 looks like it does is yeah. quite interesting. You yeah. Know? And I think it's just interesting to explore it in more detail. In not in quite perhaps the forensic detail as Doctor Who, because that will never happen. But no. but that was my um, impetus for writing books on Secret Army and Tenko. And for originally, you clever boots. Oh, well. You absolute clever boots. I mean, basically, are we the cannon and ball of podcasting? <laughs> it depends which one I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was saying you're the clever one, or the little and large, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I don't like either of those illusions. <laughs> well, I, I, I could try. I could try Morton Lewis. Could be... mm, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not finding one that works here. At least it's not Cagney and Lacey. No. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's American anyway, isn't it? You can't have that. It'd be, uh, uh, it'd be um, Rosemary and. T- <laughs> oh my God! That is, that will not be covered under R. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the internet equivalent of Felicity Kendall. <laughs> I love that's a good oh, quote. Tom. That's a good quote. Um so we have a few ideas kicking around us beyond E as to what we're gonna do. 
Um, are we interested in people suggesting what letters we do later on? What what dramas I, we do? Well, I mean, I think didn't I notice last week you already had someone saying when you're doing Ace of Wands, which considering we've already recorded a, it's yes. going to be a way off. Yes, uh, but it but it's it's there in the mix. I mean, uh, I mean, they're they're equally funny. It's funny, really. You start to think, well, maybe we should do three letter A's. You, there are some letters that have no dramas attached to them at all. Which is kind of worrying. No, the, the, I've I've, fa- I've, fa- I've been through. I've found one for each mate. Oh, you have. <laughs> I, I think so. I was, I was struggling for X. I genuinely thought we might have to do a wild card one for no, X. No, there's the <laughs> there's the X Y Y man with Stephen Yardley. Oh, of course. Oh God, I hated that. <laughs> but no, well, I, had, well, I hated it so much I'd completely forgotten about it. Having done an article for Round the Archives about strangers and Bullman, and yeah. Ah, well, maybe we can find a good episode with some no, good I, guests. I'm just characters. writing that down on my. Um, you know, I, I, I struggled with the XYY man. It was hard to like, but that, but that's for another time. It is. You don't that's have to worry time. about that. You'll be a while off before we get there. But you see, the other thing is when you start looking through a list of the dramas that exist, the you know, uh, when you just go to a list of British uh, dramas on uh, Wikipedia or whatever, you actually start thinking, oh, I've never seen that, and yeah. that's the one people all talk about. I've never seen that. Well, you know, yeah, I've never seen Queer as Folk. Never right. seen it. Right. I've never seen um, what's what's that one? This life? Never seen it. Oh yeah, I watched you This know. Life. Yeah, you know. But this is it. I I tend. I mean, I I watch a lot of television, but I don't necessarily. I mean, I've never seen what's the uh, the new one? Line of Duty. Never seen it. Oh, I've seen all of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. Which which is which is which actually is, gives us a different, interesting perspective. You know, modern drama and me have tended to be going on sort of divergent paths. You know. Mm. But um, but 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 A B C D we've covered E we've decided um, F I think we're pretty yeah. locked down on aren't we Yeah and uh, G and G, G as well I think G, which is I think well there's only one real choice for me for G uh, and uh, if you like you please don't <laughs> Well I've never seen it so there's one I've never seen so I've right. got it on the shelf wrapped This is the other yeah. thing I'll finally get through those all those DVD series I should have watched that are wrapped on my shelf and I feel guilty about so that's one of them. Yeah. And I think again. I think H H H H uh, H and uh, I are are pretty. Low. I, I, I I'm wobbling over I, but are uh, you? I'm not. <laughs> well, well, I, I know, and, and rightly so. Does it? Is involved something sort of vaguely um, classical? Yes, Roman say. <laughs> no, that's fine. But like I say, I mean, like I we absolutely decide we absolutely hate that one. We can just say, well, let's talk about the other one. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there are yeah, there are other I series which you know I, I just realised and thought, oh, actually, I mean, but but I mean, this, uh, no, I, I think, uh, for example, I think it would be great to talk about karaoke, even though it's not the best of Potter. Oh, I'm ha- very happy to do that. Yeah, I've never seen it, yeah. so yeah, and that's sure. available uh, on your local uh, more four, is it E four, four on demand, whichever they call it in these days. Yeah, you know, Something but equally four. then. Th- but if you do karaoke, you can't do lipstick because it's this. It, the two letters next to each other. <laughs> no, you can't. It'd be too much. You know, I feel. Too, too pottery. But we can come back. We can go back. Yeah, indeed. Yes. Um, you Good. Know, um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, you know I'm going to drone on about every single different version of Quatermass every time we go through the thing anyway. Even though if I let you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it would be weird not to do Quatermass for Q, really, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, I keep forgetting you've got the editor's veto. Yes. <laughs> I know, I don't know whether I have. And, and then, got, of course, you... there are ones you've written books about which we can't ignore. <laughs> well, I don't know because part of me makes me want that makes me want to ignore them in a way, but then I feel like that's just stupid. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, um, what we'll cover what we'll cover each time is we'll explore the plot. We'll talk about performances of particular actors. We'll look at direction. N- inevitably, we'll talk about each drama series place in TV history, whether we consider it important, influential, and also what it's like looking back on it from the position of today, and also perhaps what we thought about it when we first saw it, and that might have changed. So all of those things. All of those things. Yeah. We hope. Yes. Or if if you decide to sue us because you did none of those things. (laughs) (laughs) That's because we had a rethink. Yeah, exactly. It all changed. (laughs) Because... Life should be fluid. <laughs> I can promise you there will be no um, crow visiting the show at any time. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> when shall we do the crossover? <laughs> yeah, at some point, definitely. So I think, is, is there anything else you wanted to say, Martin? 
I, I think we've pretty much, I think we've covered what we're, what are, it's, it's, it's not exactly what you'd call a business plan. <laughs> but we've set out our stall, Mission have we not? statement. <laughs> we've set out our stall, we know what we're doing, kind of. And we hope you like us talking about it, that's the other thing, you know. Yeah. We may, we may even sort of rope in other folk as we go along. Yeah, we may. And if you there are other folk. There are. And if you've already listened to our All Creatures Great and Small segment on Round the Archives, you can choose not to listen to the rest of this particular episode. But the Bider Becker Fair episode will be coming along very shortly. And honestly, it's such a great series. Well, you can see how much we enjoyed it, or we'll listen to how much we enjoyed it when we come to that one. Yes, indeed. Well, that's a hard sell. I can't really follow that. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we will now leave you in the capable hands of um, Johnny Pearson as the tinkling All Creatures Great and Small music comes in behind me in that Sunday night way. So um, I'll see you on the other side, Martin. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you this fine day? Well, uh, it's a bit foggy here, but uh, then again, that's quite appropriate. (laughs) It is, for the subject matter of what we're focusing on today, yeah. We are going to be watching, or talking about, what we have been watching, which is All Creatures Great and Small. And it's the last episode of the third series, and it's called Big Steps and Little Uns, which was written and directed by one Terence Dudley. Got lots of information there straight off. I, I, are you on Wikipedia? <laughs> no, no, no. I wrote it. I wrote it down in my book. If, if, if I wrote it all down. Fifth of April, nineteen eighty. Oh, Man, I think boy. we should do it all in Yorkshire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just like Tristan did. Indeed. So, can I just have a bit of a chat about Terence Dudley before we get into the episode? You may. So, I've always been quite a Terence Dudley fan, which is kind of against the grain. Or against um, received wisdom, particularly about survivors, which he mm. produced. Um, I kind of like the fact in series two that it got away from people in in Land Rovers with guns. Mm. Yeah, and because I just think it was it was repetitive after a while. So I kind of liked series two and the idyllic sort of trying to go back to nature stuff. Mm. I mean, series three went off the rails, but, um, oh, but, but you, yeah, you Terrence, do get blessed, don't you? You do get blessed in series three. You do, you do. <laughs> um, but. I just think it's really interesting this this situation that they had in the early eighties that um, Terence Dudley and all these other all creatures writers were suddenly transferred onto Doctor Who because of the common factor being John Nathan Turner. Indeed, and yeah. uh, just how they were perhaps wonderful at writing for all creatures great and small, but perhaps not so good for writing for Doctor Who. Well, I yeah, discuss. I mean, they, they, they are they are they are chalk and cheese, really, aren't they? I mean, that, that that's kind of kind of the problem. Uh, I mean, you've mm. got the same with uh, Peter Moffat. You know, mm. he, he was very good at what he did, but it didn't quite fit with action, adventure, and and effects stuff and everything like that. You know, I mean, uh, I yeah. suppose one of the plus things is that at least he never he never sort of got his son to be on Doctor Who, which is. <laughs> Indeed. Which yeah, is no, we'd, poor old Stephen, bless he, his heart. The ubiquitous Stephen uh, Dudley. He, he had quite a lot to do, didn't he? I Indeed, thought, in I this was quite one. surprised. Yeah, he's a bit older. I mean, I mean, you've, if you've seen him as, as a child in, um, as a scary-looking child in Doomwatch, so he actually oh, right, he yeah, seems yeah. to have grown up in front of the cameras, and it was almost like mm-hmm. whenever they needed a, a kid to play anybody, uh, yeah, he was drafted in. S- oh, my my son is available. I don't. I, do, do we know what happened to him? Do we know? I do. I've met him, in fact. Oh, right. I, I met him in 2003 when I did the Survivor Studio Day. I invited right. him for one of them. I don't remember which one it was. It was the second series, I think. We okay. interviewed him on camera. And he's a big chap now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Looked just like his dad. And um, But the weirdest thing, which I will share, um, because I don't think it's a secret, is he came in and he was like, Oh, I must tell you, Andy, straight away, the first thing, the most important thing is that, that my father's um, archive has all been burnt to the ground. It's all been destroyed, so you can't have anything. <laughs> so it was really weird. And it was, it was such an obvious lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they mustn't play with matches, these children. <laughs> it was just, it was very strange, because he knew I was writing the Survivor's book yeah. by then. And I think this was just a way of stopping me from getting at any of the juice. 
Right. Um, okay. This big lie, but there you go. No, that's that's, that's interesting. Terence Dudley's archive, yeah. which I believe still exists. In, it's, in it is kind of weird. So he, he presumably didn't grow up to be an adult actor, or, or did he? Did he? Did no, he, I don't no. think so. No. It was just like you're here, son. Be in my film. Yeah. Aye. Get in shot, lad. Aye. <laughs> Aye. Talk about Thor's. <laughs> he shouldn't hit animals. It's beastly. Quite right. Does the colonel's son? Home from school for the holidays. This is Mr. Farnan. How do you do, sir? How do you do? Simon, is it? Yes, sir. Mr. Farnan is your father's vet. Yes, I know. He saved Jasper's life last year. Jasper? Oh, yes, I remember. Mr. Greer said he should be put down. But you saved him. Hmm. <laughs> Another Survivor's crossover, can I just quickly talk about? Indeed. It's the fact I, I cheered when the one of the problems with the... Was it a cow or a horse? I don't remember. It was brucellosis. Mm-hmm. Which is... It, it rears its ugly head in, in survivors. Oh, and I, I'm aware of two animal diseases only in my life. They are brucellosis right. and clover bloat. Ah. And whenever I watch All Creatures Great and Small, I always shout... I'm always wittering on saying it's going to be clover bloat or it's going to be brucellosis. Flexum. So when it was So when it was brucellosis, I was like, Yay! Anyway. Uh, but no Flopbot. <laughs> no Flopbot. Oh, that's no. tricky woo, isn't it? Indeed. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feature in the episode we're talking about. But no. I know. No. Anyway, tell me, what were, your, what were your impressions of this episode? My impressions? Well, it's... Or, it's maybe it's, initially. Maybe initially, though, because you watched it back in the day, didn't you? I did watch it back in the day. I also watched... A, I mean, I was a bit of a... I, I, my sister was a, a fan of the books. And my sister is a big, uh, indeed it is, a big uh, fan of animals. Uh, so we, it was kind of, uh, we watched it on Sunday evenings uh, for many years. And uh, I even watched, the, I think they did some evening repeats a few years later. Mm. I, th- I think I must have been about the age of the Falklands. Where, you know, the Falklands, yeah. when the repeats were on, it must have been around that time. So actually this whole idea of going off to war and everything was actually resonating, you know, I mean, the, the actual, they were made a couple of years before that, but sure. they, I think there was repeats two or three years later. Mm. And uh, and funnily enough, the episode I thought this was <laughs> <laughs> isn't yeah. the one it is. There's a, there's oh. one I think in the episode where war is declared, which is a, set a few months earlier, and Siegfried and James go up a hill oh. to over over, and I think literally war was either being declared that morning or, and they were all just on this hill and they were talking about you know what was to become of. Uh, everything and everything like that and I just found that a terribly moving scene and then so <laughs> when I was saying oh yeah oh yeah, there's a really moving episode yeah well it really got me uh it turns out it was this one it wasn't this one I should say it wasn't this one <laughs> but interestingly it enough, wasn't the I, one you made me watch <laughs> but, but weirdly I did find this one moving in in different ways really I've never been I've never personally never been very good at farewells you know okay I mean some people can you know but I, I've always found them very difficult. I used to sort of, you know, the old wobbly lip, you know, the old wobbly yes. lip. Yeah, and yeah. Um, <laughs> and so it, it was kind of because there was this this growing sense of imminent, you know, going off to war and departures and sure. everything like that. It actually it, it has some very big scenes in it, you know, from that Does. point of view. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are other reasons uh, why why that's even more moving when when you sort of look into it, but. But, uh, I mean, uh, jumping ahead, <laughs> you get the scene where Siegfried is being terribly stoic. Yes. And, you know, because everyone knows he's going in the morning but doesn't want to see anybody and everything like that. And we, and then, of course, dear old Carol, let's not dwell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you could explain why we're not going to dwell on Carol. Well, it's... You can't it's, just say that. <laughs> it, it's... it's, it's well, basically, the, the, uh, it, it's not her finest hour, this episode. It really isn't. And Honestly, I, all my notes were about her. Yeah, anyway, They don't paint her in the, in the greatest light. So no. actually, the actual sympathy that you're supposed to be feeling... <laughs> you don't, because she's a total cow in this episode. Yeah, basically, yeah. Uh, which I'd forgotten. I mean, yeah. okay, you could you could argue that's you know clever script writing and people get say all sorts of weird things when they're in stressful situations, blah 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 blah. But I think she's she's written as a very negative character in this one. Yeah. Uh, especially yeah. as over the course of the three years, you've had this story arc uh, of you know of them meeting and all this kind of thing and building a family and living up in the cupboard in the attic or whatever it was they were. 
Or they the borrowers. No, no, but they were they were sort of upstairs in the room and it was all terribly yeah. trying to get their own house and all this kind of thing. And and it just and it just in this sort of you actually think because there's all this stuff about him going off to war and he doesn't really have to because it's a reserved occupation and yes like that. And, and you kind of at the end of it you're thinking i bet he's just glad to be off germany invades poland so we declare war on germany then a pole comes here to be a vet which is a reserved occupation while you volunteer to go and fight his war for him that's highly imaginative that is well, it's not only his war my dear is it really you see this mendacious maniac simply can't be allowed to wander wherever the mood takes him he's got to be stopped his aims world conquest the death of democracy so we just do a synopsis of the episode so that if people haven't seen it so um shall i start and you can you can fill in the bits that i, I don't say so okay. James and Siegfried are about to join the RAF, yeah? Um, yes. And... Sorry? Separately. Separately. <laughs> They're not running off together. And um, the practices are visited by a Polish vet, a female Polish vet, it is. Dr. Rodzinska. Indeed. Who's trying to decide whether she's going to Indeed. go and stay with the practice um, after she's checked it out. And there's also lots of animal illness going on some involving Stephen Dudley some not <laughs> was that a good enough synopsis <laughs> what, what? that pretty much covers it yeah I'll, I, well I'll, I'll shut my book now I mean the interesting thing to me about the episode is you've got these three stories one of which is the yeah. going off to war but you've got the the the, the story of the dog and you've got the story yeah. of the horse and the fascinating thing to me is <laughs> the dog situation right i mean it comes right at the end and you oh he's gonna go the full doctor Chinny, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> totally well, it's amazing it doesn't die what have you got there then he's black oh the poorly one the one i won't put him down you know uh, and this one the the uh, sleeping one by the fire whiskey my little angel, she's my little princess. Yeah, it's like they've got it there. It's 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 in the basket, and you think, oh, what's I'm what's going to really fall on it? <laughs> Mark Mark Cattis is going to come in with a massive syringe and a booster jab, in the room. and of course that isn't isn't what happens. Which I mean, again, I'm spoiling the end here, but never. No, but when it does happen, it's so weird, isn't it? Do we? So it basically, is. this dog. It's the last thing that James Herriot is going to do his magic on before he goes away. And it is a sort of miracle magic mm-hmm. moment that's over in a second. I was like, what What just happened? And there's a, is it a dislocated yeah. shoulder? Uh, all that learning, <laughs> Vittnery. That's what it... <laughs> and there's a little click or whatever, and suddenly the dog's fine and bounding around. This needs a general anaesthetic and two of us. I can help. No, darling, we have to be Tris. I never get the poor dog in the car like this. Then Tristan will have to come up here. Yeah, to be fair, there's no phone. I've never done it before. It's all textbook stuff. Now, you lift the radius slowly up until the anconius is clear. All right, old boy, it's all right. Then you rotate the radius and the ulna inwards. James! <laughs> hey! Hey! You've mended him! It looks like it, Mr. Summergill, yes. Oh, that's grand! Isn't it all that, eh? I suppose if we go right back to the beginning, though. Do that, Martin. Do that. Can you bring some sort of order to this chaos? Well, well, I was just—I just really wanted to give a quick nod because I—I love the theme music. Yes. It really—it triggers something with me. Uh, Johnny Pearson at his best. Yeah, it's fantastic. And what always fascinates me about the later series is how the the title sequence—they mimic it. So they use the cars on the same roads, different cars. They, right. they do the ha 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 ha, we're laughing in the car, <laughs> which is slightly worrying. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, what happened? The Wonder War, and we just sat in a different car, but we found the same joke really funny. <laughs> in exactly the same thing, and they go over the same little bridge, and it's all it's all yes. structured, so it's identical but not, you know. Ah. There's a lot of people online who who believe that the the three series before the war are far superior to the ones afterwards. You know, I'm sure. And and they may have a point. Uh, tracking down the the Christmas uh, specials on the on the box set is a nightmare. I found out. I was wondering about that because I was thinking I might watch those, but that that box set is awful. There's no information on any of it as to what to put in. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so 
another plot thread is hmm. is Tristan qualifying finally as a vet. Indeed, after the three years. Tristan Farnan, MRCBS. Never. Don't take my word for it. Now I know we shall win the war. What? The age of miracles is not past. Well <laughs> done, little brother. Jolly well done. Do you think we might drop the little in future? Ah, oh, I'll give it a try. Well, this calls for a mammoth celebration tomorrow night. We'll, we'll talk about it when I get back. Now, the other thing that gets me about Tristan is because whenever he comes down the stairs, <laughs> he's, he stands right next to that grandfather clock. Yeah. And I, I always just think, you know, what you need is someone to go, <laughs> For some reason. I always yes. need that. I need that to happen. What I hadn't realised, because to share with the, the listeners, that mm. I was re-watching series one before you, you yes. kind of accelerated me to the end of series three. Yeah, um, just to spoil it for you. I'm a spoiler. Spoil it all for me. So I only ever do opening episodes and here I am doing the last one. <laughs> I didn't realise how much of all creatures great and small hinged on eavesdropping um, in the door of the vet's office oh, and yeah. listening to people mm. on the phone. It's just mm. all the time. I mean, it's, it's just well, constant. yes. Well, again, of course, when you when you start to think about it, all all the way these things are structured, you you start to realise you've got this whole um, it's this pre mobile phone thing. Yes, you know, how plots totally. how plot, plots can't work the same way anymore. No. We were watching a few weeks ago um, the Fugitive, the Harrison Ford film. Yeah, and there's a whole scene where he escapes down the back stairs, and you've got Tommy Lee Jones at the top of the stairs, and you think well, all he needs to do is ring his. Oh, he can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> They'd lose twenty minutes of the film. We'd be caught in five exactly. minutes. Well, I think you'd lose all of the antics of all creatures, great and small, all of it, because it's well, all about... a, there's a lot of incredible eye rolling. This is the yes. thing, and and people pretending they're not there. <laughs> yes, constantly. You know? It reminded me more of Neighbours than anything else, or another. It's. Another shitty Australian soap. Yeah. Um, oh, I was very addicted to Neighbours when I was first uh, unemployed back in the, back in the day. Oh well, so was I. I think everyone was. That was allowed. Well, I was watching it twice a day. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, can we talk about Doctor Rajinska? I feel you have things to say. Uh, well, the interesting thing that gets me about uh, ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll quickly go through my notes is this: it's this sense that that. They know she's well. They know Ad Avet is coming. Yeah, and it's this whole oh woman. It's the Roger Moore. Oh woman, you know. It's, <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, it's it's just oh oh crikey, she's a woman, and and immediately you get the sour. And and it's interesting that uh, Mrs. Hall is is kind of uh, sort of involved in this. Mm. You know, they don't want another woman around the place. You know, no. which when you've got Mrs. Hall and the whole uh, Ted Malt thing going on anyway. <laughs> She doesn't want. She doesn't want to really get married. She doesn't want to leave. <laughs> she doesn't want to leave her, her the people she's looking after. She feels needed and necessary here. But she doesn't want suddenly... anything. Honestly, Mrs. Hall is a dreadful old bag, isn't she? Honestly, ah. there's nothing lovable about her unless you disagree. There are there are there are moments I think uh, throughout the series where where she's shy. I mean, uh, uh, do you do you know uh, the story of of. Uh, uh, why she's not in any after this episode? Yes, I know this yeah. is kind of her last acting appearance, and she died a few months later. Yeah, and and oh, oh, in in quite horrible circumstances. Oh, really? No, it I was, don't know uh, that. I think, she, I think she went for a double hip replacement and didn't survive the surgery. It was it was kind <gasps> of, and I think some somebody there was a lot of people who'd said, "Oh no, have the surgery, you'll be fine." <laughs> <gasps> Shit. No. She, so it is we, actually she quite... really struggles to amble around this episode, doesn't she? That's right. Yeah, and 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 of course, there's this whole um, this thing. Uh, I think in the first of the Christmas specials, you then they have the picture in the mm. frame. You know, to this is our tribute to, and and obviously then they find they go through various non replacements for a while. But uh, but it, no, she is no. I'm saying she is quite quite a, quite a, a solid you know part of the quintet. Hmm. You know, yeah. of the main characters in many ways, she's sort of yeah. there. Is I mean, I, I keep going on now. Whenever, whenever I'm t writing about anything, I think you have the audience identified the chorus, hmm. if you like, and she very much is the reaction. Yes, the reaction character. But they again, when when her and Ellen are having a go at dear old Doctor uh, Rosinski, they're, yeah. they're 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 just thick as thieves and twice as horrible. <laughs> I know. You know. Yes, and of course, when when they get the phone call, to, when she says that she's not coming, 
it, it's it's like it's like the, you know, they might as well have done cartwheels around the room. Yes, know? exactly. Putting the flags out. It's like, yeah, we don't want another woman around here. We can get rid of them all. Yeah. But, of course, the interesting thing about that is when you think about it, Second World War, all the blokes were buggering off. You yeah. Know? And and you would kind of think, <laughs> you know, so you're going to have a really hard time in Yorkshire, lass. <laughs> yeah. If all the blokes go off to war, be the old guys, uh, obviously uh, young uh, Stephen Dudley, and, and that's about it. <laughs> and then you've got the, the woman saying... Um, She's not even likable because when she's asked whether she has um, milk and sugar, she says cream without sugar. I mean, who asks yeah. for cream? <laughs> Damn she it! Wouldn't, she wouldn't ask for cream. I was with Helen on that one. She's asking for cream. Don't you know there's a war on? <laughs> I remember I was um, interviewing a trainee um, library staff member many right. years ago, and I asked whether they wanted a drink um, mm. as part of the before we went for a tour of the facility. And I remember this kid, I always remember, he said, oh, could I have a hot chocolate? And I was thinking, well, you've not got the job. <laughs> Immediately. But it was reminded of that. Cream, please. Sod off. Anyway. <laughs> the, other, the, other, the other fascinating thing, although what you might find, is how terribly, oh dear God, it's a woman, the blokes are as well. Yes, they you just know. can't get over it, can they? <laughs> Basically, Tris is anything with a pulse, quite frankly. He really is. But that's awful, isn't it, in a way? Because he, therefore, in, in, back in the day, you think, oh, he's Jack the Lad, and that's mm. okay. You pat him on the back. Mm. Go on, my son. But now it just feels really lechy and not, not okay. Yeah. It yeah. just feels grim. And when they're reading all the qualifications, it's just like, <laughs> she's got this, and she can do that, and my God, you know. She, but she's only a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. Only and then, of course... Siegfried does his, his his wonderful thinking it himself, and then saying everybody <laughs> accusing everybody else of it later. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which, of course, is just part of his wonderful character. Um, I did think it was a shame that she didn't get to do any vetting when she was no, up there. Cause no, no, they, they, I think they James had talked about it, didn't he? That she was mm. good, but she went she, off on the rounds with them, but yeah. they didn't. They didn't. And of course, when when you think about the first series and how he is introduced to all the farmers and they all think yeah. he's some lanky streak or nothing that would have been an interesting thing you know i mean there was yeah. that line about a strip to the waist with her hand up a cow or something yes uh which you, which was a, again you know just you know, i know yeah. yeah which was kind of which was kind of disturbing in its own little I, I was briefly transported to a distant future in the 90s when I used to be in love with um, Suzanne Burden, who played the vet in the 90s. I think it was just called The Vet. Did you ever see that drama series? don't remember it, but uh, that yeah. doesn't mean... Um, it, I mean a... it, might, it might have been the era when I went out for the evening, you know. <laughs> it were a female vet in Yorkshire. Right. Actually, I don't know whether it was, but anyway, no, Suzanne no. Burden. But, but, but it needs to be written no. if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they didn't have any female vets in Bloody Old Creatures Great and Small. No. Nope. Cheeky bastards. Um... What else have we not talked about? We haven't talked about the post office mistress. We must talk ah, about her. Well, I mean, again, uh, I mean, now we've got uh, Mr. S- is it Simmergill? Summergill. Summergill. That's it. Yeah. yeah. The, the man on a bike who doesn't like to say, <laughs> doesn't like telephones, but has a lovely beret. <laughs> yeah, he does. If we were doing Fond of a beret, we no success, that beret would be in there, I'll tell you. That beret is a, has a starring role all on its own. Yeah. But uh, Charles West. Yeah. And, we, had to, uh, we had to rewind the bit where he talks about why he didn't talk, tell the postmistress what was wrong oh, with the cow. Because uh, it aborted and it's a rude word. Yes. Yes, oh, absolutely. I, I couldn't good. talk about that in front of a woman. But doesn't you he know. also call her, not frigid, he calls her something like that, doesn't he? I can't, I can't remember the exact word, but it, it's, it's, I think, I think she, she has this, uh, she, she's, I think basically she sits on that phone all day, every day, listening to everybody's little <laughs> peccadillos. Yes, she, loves she knows her. everything about the world. And <laughs> she's definitely in the right place, isn't she? I think she has a high old life there, up on the hill. Mr. Harriet, it's Miss Thompson here, postmistress at Hainby. Yes, Miss Thompson. I've got Mr. Somergill here. Mr. Somergill from up at West Top. Yes. It's his cow. Well, what's wrong with her? I told you, says, what's wrong with her? Tell him to come. He says, tell you to come. But let me talk to him. <laughs> he won't use the phone. He's too frightened of it. I'm not afeard on it. I, I don't hold with a damn thing. What's that? He says he doesn't hold with a thing. What's the snow like up there? Well, he's got here on his bike. Tell him I'll come as soon as I can. All right, goodbye. 
Says he'll come as soon as he can. Oh, aye. Just a minute, just a minute. I'll be tuppence if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, the other thing about that is, again, it's this whole world before telephones. You know, it, re it really does sort of beggar belief how anything got done, really. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I mean, I you look pick, at those yeah. those cars they're driving around. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you see that one where he's, try he's trying to get the car out of that farm farmyard, and you mm -hmm. just think, he needs a four-wheel drive. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to um, announce my um, candidate in the best quote of the episode competition, okay. um, which was Siegfried talking about Hitler, that ah. monstrous middle European miscreant marching all over the Medoc. Ah, yes. The mendacious maniac I got yes. down here as well. Yes. yes. He, he was alliterating like hell in that scene. He really was. Or, or at least Terence Dudley was, one of the two. Yes. And, make, and making all sorts of allusions to, to, the, to, to the, the war will be all right as long as we've got claret. Yes. He couldn't be more upper middle class, could he? Oh, he's, he's just... but he is fabulous. There's there's a lovely bit where where they start going about you might not come back, and he just a wonderful eye roll. Yes, it's just it's just and and uh, there are moments as well um, when when you can see him in really auditioning for his Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. you can just see it. There are moments where you think he's, he wants to be Churchill in something. You yeah, know, so. yeah, totally. I mean, I think he—he's the star of the episode, if not the entire thing. The entire well, I—it uh, I, isn't. Uh, yes, I—I I mean, wasn't it actually? I mean, it was he—he he was cast first, wasn't he? I mean, it was—it was—it—I it, don't know whether it was supposed to be a vehicle for him, because obviously, you know, it's all really about young young Vitnery. But um, <laughs> sorry, I'm no, I don't apologise. I like. No, I really must stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Funny voices—that's what we need. Yeah. But, <laughs> But originally it was Anthony Hopkins in the All Creatures Great and Small film, wasn't it? Indeed, yeah. yeah. And, and Simon Simon West? Simon West, yeah. 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 Was it and Simon Ward? Oh, Simon Ward, sorry, not Simon yeah. West. Yeah. See, you got that bit out as well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't but, write that down, it's the wrong thing. I've not got yeah. the notes for that one. But the best but, Siegfried scene is, and you're talking earlier about how he couldn't say goodbye, but it's the scene where... He pretends to fall asleep so he doesn't have oh, to say yeah. goodbye to James. And James leaves and says, has a little chat with Mrs. Hall. And she mm -hmm. says, don't worry, I'll wake him when he needs mm -hmm. to go. Mm -hmm. And as soon as the door closes, he opens his eyes and gets yeah. another drink. And you realise, oh, poor chap. We've seen the makeup of this man that he just can't no. bring himself to say goodbye. You know, it's, all, it's always, you know, jolly. And, 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 and the, the, I think they, they do that a lot with, with Siegfried, though. He, 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 he doesn't play the... You know the negative stuff. You know you can't can't deal with the bad stuff really. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's a great character, and you know it, it, again that's that scene is a masterclass. You know it really is a masterclass. You know, but equally, it it's it's just very cleverly balanced. You know, and of course the whole thing about their friendship having having come together. You know, over this three years and how they've they've he, how he's sort of become part of the practice and everything like that and they built that one the one that uh, he does about having built something here yes. uh, that James does about having you know you know I mean it, it is I mean you know, it is actually strangely moving yeah you know? and it is a sort of love letter to Yorkshire as well isn't it I mean there's that there's that moment when James gets to say he has a real feeling of belonging and about the people they're blunt and down to earth but he he says he really loves them look I don't know about you but I think we've made a mark here made a home there's a real feeling of belonging you see we're both foreigners here really but we've been accepted by the people they're not demonstrative they're blunt down to earth no nonsense folk and I love them I really love them I don't suppose we'll ever be rich don't want to be much I just know that I couldn't be happier than I am now. Doing a worthwhile job among people I love in this wonderful country. That's why it's worth fighting for. And that's why we're going to win this war. As an end, you know, as a final episode that's sort of closing off a three-year series, it's actually beautifully crafted in that way. Yeah. Apart from some of the other stuff that yeah, tends some, to throw it a bit off kilter. Of stuff, yeah. So, do you know who he waved to? Because I know about the trivia behind the scenes about who he waved to. Do you I know read about something about the the owners of the house or something, wasn't it? Yes, Olive and Charles Turner, who owned the house that they well, the, the, they only ever see the exterior of the house. 
but they'd, um, yes, that's who he waves to in the village as he was yeah. going away. It is, it is, over the course of the three years, a very tardisy house as well. <laughs> they seem to suddenly find room to put as a required. flat in that was never there. <laughs> yes. It does extend, you know. And yeah. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about, and I yeah. don't know, I don't know if you you noticed it. Maybe it's just the sound on my thing, but there was there was one of the the because um, a, a lot of the scenes were about the dinner table. So you have the you, I think you have three dinners in this one, or maybe you have two dinners in this one. I can't remember. But one of them, there's a dog panting all the time. <laughs> really loudly. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> did notice. I like to think it was John Nathan Turner's dog because I know well, all of that was always on set. <laughs> Building up its part, love. Yes. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> I'm here. Um, oh, yeah. me. So, uh, I, the only other thing that I really had that was I thought was interesting was that I, I saw a, an outtake on YouTube which was filmed during this episode when Peter Davison and Christopher Timothy dress up as superheroes and it's a joke <laughs> about it being Bill Sellers on the phone saying, do they want to do a fourth series? <laughs> so, um, anyway, I will play that in now. Oh, good heavens, isn't somebody there? Oh. Bill Sellers on the phone, Siegfried. Wants to know if we'll do a fourth series. <laughs> Holy television producer, Siegfried. Yes, super chaps, I'll tell you what. Fourth series, eh? I'll talk to him on the phone. While I'm doing that, you attack from behind. All right? Right. Let's go! Well, I enjoyed that. It was very good. It was amazing. Oh, what, what, what witty gentlemen they are. No. Hey, lad. <laughs> Superman, we don't have him in right, this, these parts. Not round these parts. Me. Uh, <laughs> me, lad. Oh, lass. Um, I would like to ask you, where do you think All Creatures Great and Small sits in terms of, is it classic BBC One drama? Um, is it an important drama? What do you think? I, I, it's certainly, uh, it, it's, it, it's at the kind of end of that decade, isn't the seven, you know, the 70s, where they were, they, were, they were just coming one after the other. It's possibly the, I mean, it's interesting when you think about it, it kind of runs parallel with um, Blake Seven. <laughs> Yes. In terms of those first three seasons, yes, know, it's, it kind, does. It, totally. it's kind of the same length of series, yeah, and the same yeah. and the same sort of three years, more or less, you know. Yeah. And I presume the same budget as well. You know? No, indeed. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, there was a lot of stuff about Blake Seven not having it needed more budget, but it got the same as Softly Softly or something. Yes, because yeah. it occupied that slot after Softly yeah. Softly. So, yeah, so, yeah. so. so uh, you know, and uh, but uh, of course, the, what the BBC does do very well is is period drama. I mean, you know, it, it and and it and and with the amount of location work. I mean, the fact that a lot, it's it's outside the home counties. Mm. You know, it's it's actually filming in Yorkshire. It's not it's not pretending. You know that that uh, Essex is, you know, Barnsley or whatever. You know, <laughs> it was filmed in Askrig, Is that right? I think so, yeah, yes. and I, th I think I think there's an awful lot of, um, you know, the, I mean, local accents, local talent, you know, mm. gets used. So, and it, so, so I think it's it's a very strong. I mean, it's possibly again. I'm trying to think again. Blake Seven aside, it's possibly the last of those evening dramas for a while that that filled that slot because. Sure. I seem to remember the early '80s went a bit away from it for a while. Uh -huh. I mean, I know. We've, I mean, obviously, Tenko, okay, but they were they were more midweek. It's that Sunday evening drama, isn't it? What do you presume it was on Sunday evening? Um, yeah, because yeah, Tenko started off on a Wednesday, yeah. I think, and yeah. I think it moved to Sunday ultimately yeah. once it proved itself. Yeah. And then, of course, it sat through. I mean, they they went for however many years it was, and then the only thing they could come up with was to do more of this. Yes. You know, uh, to fill that slot, and then of course you got the, the other vet series, you know, like one by one that came later. Yes. So, but so it's interesting. Oh, it's interesting that they planned this was this was it three series. That's it. We're done. Hmm. Um, and there was no plans at all to come back, and it was just popular demand that brought it back. Um, yes, and of course you've got that thing also um, for most of the cast. Um, they went off, you know, 
to do other things. Although it's funny because Christopher Timothy's career didn't really take off in the same yes, way. Yes, and it? then you can't argue that, yeah, because because of Peter Davison's phenomenal success in so many other things, and yet still being able to come back to all creatures. But Christopher Timothy was just maybe so associated with James Herriot that he just mm. didn't have that. Or mm. is it just about the fact that Peter Davison's such such a malleable actor? that you know he does move between different parts and you do think well he's different and you you think of the parts more than you do of peter davison i think maybe it's it is know. strange how, how well, i mean if, certainly when you see how young he is you know in these these programs yeah. you you forget how young he was really when you know because i mean because yeah. he was 29 when he was announced as doctor who wasn't he yeah. so so this was to be what 25 25 26 you know and you know can can you possibly pass as robert hardy's brother <laughs> yes i'll try <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do anything I, I just want the paycheck yeah please yeah you know but i mean yeah i, I don't know you know because i mean of of the cast really you, you wouldn't you wouldn't actually i mean in many ways you wouldn't sort of pick him out as the one who was going to have the the, the longevity of career no as as a, as a general sort of observation of of the main cast, if you if you're putting money on it, you wouldn't necessarily think he's the guy, you know. I mean, okay, uh, John Layden Turner may have had a lot to do with that, you know, because because he took took him and put him into something which sure. where he was from a supporting player to the main role. But certainly for a while, he was in everything. He, he was the um, oh, I can never remember her name, <laughs> Michelle Watson, <laughs> or or Nick Nick Thingamajig, Nick Berry of his. <laughs> Oh God! Of his ear, you know. Where, where, where every time Nick... a plot came along, he goes, can, "Can we get Peter? Can we get Peter?" For <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which leads me on, um, Nick Berry. Well done. You've just come to where I was going to go to, which is ah, another is, Yorkshire drama. <laughs> is is it the forerunner to Heartbeat? And can we therefore blame it for Heartbeat? <laughs> <laughs> Multitude of sins can be laid at the door of uh, yes. Mr. James Herriot. God. Um, well, because I, I have an I, aversion to this, the cosy Sunday night drama, which I think developed because I think cosy and gentle suddenly became bland and dull and hideous. Um, I don't know what you felt, but I always like wouldn't watch Monarch of the Glen and all that sort of stuff. And it's kind of that Sunday night drama which became so. Oh, just inane. And it, it was. It was. It was trying to find something that was unchallenging. I yes. Mean, I mean, I've I've never done midwife. You know. Right. Never. 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 Uh, I mean, you know, it's a bit. It's just not a, a thing I'm interested in. For about ten years, I didn't pretty much at that time on a Sunday evening didn't last the summer wine fill that kind of gap. That you was know, earlier, the, wasn't it? Yeah, but but it was in you know that that last ten years of the yes. last of the summer wine was that Gentle Sunday comedy, evening early yeah. or a bit of outdoors so we can do something else. Yeah. You know, gentle, i.e., not funny. Well, <laughs> harsh. Well, you know, I mean, let's hope the summer wine guys aren't listening. <laughs> you you could argue diminishing returns. <laughs> Indeed. I think we should try and curtail our thoughts on all creatures great and small, so it's not as long as the episode itself. <laughs> we could go on for hours. I tell you, we've got a spin-off coming in, <laughs> and we've started so, with letter A, so we can do an alphabet. <laughs> so shall I? Shall I start kick off with my closing thoughts, and then I'll pass I to you? I think you may. Okay, <laughs> thank you very much. Do, do I have? I do. I have to remember the outfits. <laughs> ah. I can't remember what any of them were wearing. Well, we don't have a dress for success section. Don't worry, you're fine. Um, so um, I thought this episode was a bit all over the place I think it had too many competing demands and if it just concentrated on the going to war and the Polish vet and done a bit more with her that it could have been very interesting and good Um, and it was good but it could have been very good but if you just take those scenes in which James is talking about his love letter to Yorkshire and Siegfried congratulates Tristan for passing his exams and is unable to say goodbye before he joins the RAF. All of that was super good. But um, the little plot lines about the animals just irritated me because I was like, <laughs> I know it's Most, what it's about. But it's what people were watching for. They want, to see, <laughs> they want to see the cute doggy getting saved. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's strange because all of those elements that, that featured as sort of subplots would, in a mid season episode, would have probably been the major sort of strand you know the the 
the Polish vet coming and yeah. would have been a whole episode in himself. There was a lot to round up yeah. in one episode and maybe, you know, I mean, I'm not one to criticise uh, poor Terence, you know, <laughs> but you do feel that maybe they threw one too many elements into the, the plot. I mean, you can understand why they did it, but actually, in many ways, the horse storyline wasn't necessary at all. Not at all. You know, I mean, when you got that that stable boy who was beating Alexander, that was irrelevant. Well, it was forgotten about, wasn't it? Totally, and he was only in one scene. Yeah, it was just again. You almost get the impression that they they were going to do either a feature length or a two parter. Yes, and and they'd sort of spliced it together, you know, maybe because of bad weather or whatever, you know, or bad writing. uh, (laughs) Well. Well, I don't know. It almost feels like they were going to do 15 and they lost one. And yeah, I mean, I know there were a lot of strikes in that era. So, you, yeah. But, I mean, there's, there's not, no, there's no, no sort of mention anybody's ever made that, that, that all creatures lost episodes. I mean, the seasons are 13, 14 episodes. I mean, yeah. you know, they were, they were always that. In fact, I think this one, this one surprised me by being a 14. Because well, I yes. thought it was, you know. Because 13's more normal. I mean, that's Blake 7. It's also Survivors. It's also Secret Army, apart from the last series where there was going to be 14, but then they got rid of the last episode of Secret yeah. Army. Well, maybe they borrowed it off. <laughs> yes! They inherited it off Secret Army. <gasps> they might have done, because it's the following year. Interconnectedness <gasps> of all things, you see. Oh, wow. What have we uncovered? But if you were doing a, a an episode now, a, a, you know, a finale of a seven-year run or a five-year run or everything like that, in many ways the last episode is often tying together lots of plot strands and giving your main cast a lot to do you know because yeah. actually apart from i mean it's wonderful when tristram gets his qualification and it's and it's beautifully underplayed but actually in that episode peter davison apart from standing in that corridor has very little to do <laughs> <laughs> you're right so apart from hen- fall, fall for that goggly-eyed girl who was, yeah. it was a but, but, Dixon but, knockoff Hence, hence, the, hence the Superman outfit. I imagine. Yes, I think he was spending time just doing. That I'm bored. <laughs> yes, he was, yes, he was doing that. That's how that came about. Of so but I it thought, is. I mean, yeah. that last scene where he stands in the street and he's looking at the sign and everything. I mean, again, you know, if you want to, I actually, for one second, I thought the very last close-up of the show was actually going to be Peter Davison. <laughs> Just for one, I, I you know I forgot because because the, they actually run the end credits over the uh, yeah. him in the taxi, uh, James in the taxi. Yeah, but, but I was but, also so, yeah. the last acting, if you like, yes. in the episode. The last acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm acting. <laughs> Sorry, but the other well, thing you know, that annoyed me about the ending was Carol Drinkwater again. Oh, out the bloody said, window! She said, "I won't come downstairs." What? Your husband's going off to water, and you're not going to go downstairs. But you oh, will camera. wave out the window to him like he's going off to the shops. What was that? <laughs> Very strange. And of course, again, you know, when when he is waving the people as he drives through the street, and again, you know, I, 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 I felt I feel moved by that. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, I, you know, I am a, I'm an emotional old soul, but. Um, <laughs> But the, um, it's just, it's so foggy. Yes. We've got to get these shots today. We can't yes. take them tomorrow. It is just so bloody foggy. And they also don't quite line up the taxi right with the waving. So, and even the taxi's moving too fast for the people. Because they've obviously been filmed out a, of the way. a slower car. And it's just, it just doesn't quite work for me. I was really taken out of it by that. And I don't usually worry about that sort of thing, but I did. No. I must just say it's really good that we had Christopher Timothy with his top off, I mean, because I thought well if again we're doing creatures great and small we have to do an episode. You have where he's to, got his it, top it's off. it you, it it is a very much this is the greatest hits episode. Yes. Although I was disappointed got, that his cat, his arm was not up the cow's backside. No, he said, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> you can have the angle, but you're not having the reverse. Exactly. <laughs> I'll stand in the cow shed with my shirt off <laughs> for the ladies. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And 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 obviously the lady vet's not doing that. <laughs> no, at least only in Tristan's imagination. <laughs> That's one for the Christmas VT tape, probably. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, Martin, I've really enjoyed going back to 1980 and 1930s Darabi. Aye, right. Aye, lad. Aye, and and Ted Malt. Ted Malt. <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Arl. Not not having to drop his feather in front of glass. No. No, lad. Bye, Eklad, no.
No. Um, Sorry, I was quite surprised to see Ted Malt walk out of that stable. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you just double glazed it, or <laughs> Okay. Mm. Until we meet again. <laughs> no, I just think we've now we now at least now ru- ruined the end of series three for everybody. Yes. But there are four more series, well done including us. the uh, Callum Buchanan. Oh yes. Which was an interesting introduction, right. and a couple of Christmas specials. So, so you know, we've we've kind of ruined the first half. Yeah. But go and Hoover up the rest now, when you get a bit of Linda Bellingham in for your money as oh, well. So, well done. indeed. It's another one of those massive box sets that uh, you know takes some trawling through, but I think it's worth the journey. Okay. Cheers then. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. of UK TV drama with Andy Priestner and Martin Holmes. Next time, The Biderbeck Affair. Martin and I would love to hear what you thought of our first episode. You can talk to us on Twitter at TV Drummer Pod.